if you're not growing, if, if you go three months without doing something that scares you, that's really dangerous because what happens to a muscle if you don't use it? It goes away. If you're a creative person, if you're a baker, a dancer, a photographer, a screenwriter, an actor, a comedian, a podcaster, and you want to figure out how to make a living doing what you love, this is the show. This is the show, Don't Keep Your Day Job. My name is Kathy Heller, and I'm a singer-songwriter. I make a living doing what I love, and I want that for you. This is the show that's going to help you do that and give you not only inspiration, but some real-life strategies. This is going to help you figure out how to take your creative passion and turn it into a profit. Thanks to ShipStation for supporting Don't Keep Your Day Job. Try ShipStation free for 30 days and get an additional month free only if you use my promo code DREAMJOB. That's all one word. That's 30 days free and an additional month free with my promo code DREAMJOB. Thanks to the Work in Progress podcast for supporting Don't Keep Your Day Job. Work in Progress is a new podcast about the meaning and identity we find in work, and it's produced by Slack. Follow along on Twitter at Slack Stories and find more great stories at slack.com slash podcast. That's slack.com slash podcast or at Slack Stories on Twitter. Thanks to Society6 for supporting Don't Keep Your Day Job. Society6.com fosters a leading global design marketplace that allows you to enhance the appearance of your lifestyle and support the world's most talented artists at the same time. Go to society6.com slash dreamjob and enter my code dreamjob at checkout to receive 20% off your order plus free shipping. That's society6.com slash dreamjob and the code is dreamjob. Hey guys, it's Kathy Heller. Welcome back to another episode of Don't Keep Your Day Job. It's September 4th, Labor Day weekend. If you guys are listening on Labor Day itself, extra props to you. If you're listening on Wednesday or Thursday or Friday or next week, still awesome. Thank you guys for listening. I just think it's super cool if you guys are super productive and you're listening to the show on a holiday weekend. It's like, good for you. You know, a lot of people complain about what they don't have, but then it's like, well, look at how much time you're actually spending. So here you guys are, you're listening to a podcast. It doesn't really matter if you're listening to it on September 4th or whenever you're here, you're productive, you want to learn something. So I hope that today we will talk about something that actually maybe helps a little bit and inspires you and gives you some more energy. And the reason I say it that way is because I want to talk about energy for a second. I want to talk about how so many people so often are saying to me that they would be working on the thing that they really feel passionate about, but they just don't have enough time. Or they would think about leaving their job and doing something else, but they just don't have enough time. Or they would start a side hustle while they're at their job. They just don't have enough time. How many times have you ever heard somebody say to you, I would be doing X, but I just don't have enough time. So let's talk about it for a second. Okay, guys. So They've done studies on this. There's so many people pouring money into research around productivity and what is it and how do we, you know, engineer it so we can, you know, use it to the best of our ability so we can understand it and we can be the most productive people that we can be. And this is what they've come to find out. It's not that you need more time. It's that you need more energy. So Everyone has the same amount of time, right? Everybody has the same 168 hours in a week. So some people will say, if I just had 11 days in a week, oh, you wouldn't believe what I could get done. 
Um, and people really rest on that and they use that as an excuse. And so I want to get rid of that. I want to talk about what really, what really creates productivity and that is energy. Okay. And it turns out that we have a certain amount, right? Have any of you had the experience like me when your iPhone, um, says that you have low battery, right? You have like that red, you know, it's in the corner of your phone and you just can't stop looking at it. And it's going from like 11% to 8% to 6%. You're like, oh my God, I'm being drained of my battery. So you have that, you have that inside of yourself and you probably intuitively feel it. Okay. So here's a couple things that we've learned about productivity and about energy. Every 90 minutes, just like when you're sleeping, they've, they've done studies that they realize that your sleep goes in cycles of 90 minutes. It's the same thing when you're awake. So every 90 minutes when you're awake, there is a point where you actually need to take a break. But most people push past that point and they continue to push past that point until they're totally exhausted. So of course there's no quote unquote time to work on the side hustle. Of course there's no quote unquote time to you know work on the things that really need your attention because your energy is drained and certain things drain our energy more than others. Have you ever had the experience where you have a conversation with someone and you are just toast? You're like, oh my God, I could take a nap. It's only four o'clock, but I'm wiped out. Well, certain people drain our energy and certain people give us energy. And the thing that's really cool is that we can start to take responsibility for the energy that we have. And we can start to look at how is it possible that we can keep our energy levels full so we're not depleted. And is it possible? It is. What are some of the things that we can do to keep our energy levels up? So I want to talk about it because, you know, when I figured this out, when I when I started reading this research, when I first heard about this, this was game changing for me. When I realized that I could have some effect on the amount of energy that I had based on things that I would do and that as a direct result of the level of energy I had, I would be able to, you know, get more results, you know, do more of the things that I really want to do. That is huge. That's groundbreaking. And that it relieves us of any, you know, any resource that we're saying, well, I just don't have any more hours because no one can magically give you three more days in a week, but we can figure out how to get more energy. So let's talk about some of these things. By the way, when I was doing my research, I found out that mental energy, right? Enthusiasm and passion, that stuff is no joke. Like the more enthusiastic a person is about something, that state of mind, it actually gives you energy. It's it's a fact, right? So when you condition yourself to do activities that give you energy, whether it's listening to this podcast or talking to a certain person that always lifts you up or, you know, taking a run or listening to a certain playlist, that is something that needs to become a ritual that has to become something that you're doing all the time. And there's other things that I want to talk about. It's really important to take breaks. We live in a society where people are workaholics and they're complaining all the time about how exhausted they are and about how they could be so much more productive. They just wish they had more hours. Well, the problem is we could probably get more done in less hours if we had more mental bandwidth. There's literally a certain amount of cognitive capacity that we have. In fact, one of the facts is that after 200 decisions, You can't even make more decisions. Like your brain has a certain amount of capacity for the day. And you might've experienced that in your life. Like you're traveling and then you're on the plane and you're working and then you have some stress because you are at the wrong gate. And by the way, stress is a huge drain on energy. So we need to really look at that too. And, And anger, by the way, anger is something that's exhausting. That really depletes your energy quickly. Why? Because when a person is angry, 
It takes so much energy not to react, not to think about it. Unexpressed anger can give you a one-two punch on your energy level because you're expending all your energy trying to contain your angry feelings. That's exhausting. So that's just interesting. There are different states of mind that can either give you energy or different states of mind that can drain your energy. And so certain things are really helpful. And one of them, as I was saying before, is to take a break. So I would suggest every 90 minutes, it could be a quick break. It could be five seconds to stand up and stretch, but preferably it might be five minutes, you know, go get a drink. If you could, I think it would be really great if you could take a walk for 10 minutes around the block, 10 minutes. You don't realize what happens is you push through those 90 minutes and now you're into, let's say, 160 minutes, but most of that time starts to become ineffective because you're getting some some sort of fatigue and physiologically and mentally you're, you're getting depleted. So taking a walk here and there is really helpful and also thinking about what are the things that give you that sense of enthusiasm, that sense of excitement and really cultivating that. And you know, also the other thing to think about is you know there are times where you get really energized. Like just before, actually. My daughter's first birthday party was today, and we had all the family over, and I was just feeling so tired. And then as soon as I thought about recording this episode, I just got all this energy. I'm not joking. Like it was literally amazing. Like I was physically feeling like I could just lay down and fall right to sleep. And I thought, wait, I'm gonna go record this episode. And I sat up with this like, bolt of energy because the enthusiasm, it was mind over matter. It can, it's amazing how I can't hand you 17 more hours in the day, but we can really start to look at this. And part of this is going to be you knowing yourself. You're going to really sit with yourself and figure out, make a list when you're done with this episode today, make a list. What are five things that give you energy? You probably already know what those things are. You're just not necessarily folding that into a ritual that you have every single day because you're probably not giving it as much importance as it needs. So taking a walk here and there, then there's other things like physically, it gives us energy um, to exercise. It gives us energy to drink water. It gives us energy to do some cardio. Like those are things that, you know, everybody knows that that that's helpful. But I think there's other things that are so obvious that when you start to think about it, you realize if you can rewire things a little bit. And, and by the way, I know that that might sound like, this is so overwhelming. Like, I don't know the first thing about how to stop feeling angry. It's like, well, there's actually ways that you can look at this. And one of the ways to let go of anger, and and again, the reason why that's so helpful is because if you think about it from a practical standpoint, anger is draining. It literally depletes that. Think of your iPhone and think about how, you know, there's, there's certain things that if you have certain browsers open, it's just going to deplete your battery power faster. So if you have some unexpressed anger running around or anxiety or certain things that you know are going to drive you crazy, we really have to be careful about how we spend our energy. And so one of the things when it comes to anger, there are certain stories that we have in our head, you know, and it really is actually practical and so helpful to us, forget the other person, to try to figure out ways to tell ourselves a different story. You know, even if it's as simple as like, okay, well, this is how I see the situation, but I wonder how the other person saw it. Even if 
you don't necessarily think that you agree, just bringing a little bit of that into your own frame of reference, it reduces that anger a little bit. Or having compassion for the other person or thinking about the fact that maybe there's something really positive, even though it was so frustrating and so painful what happened in this particular instance, maybe you learned something valuable from that. And so these are just certain things that you can think about to try to let go of some of that anger because anger, even if you don't know you have it, if it's sitting in there, it's draining that hard drive, okay? And so we wanna get rid of that. The other thing to think about is where in your day can you start to plug in breaks? Where can you start to plug in breaks? Because what I'm thinking about is there's something that you really want to do. If that wasn't true, you wouldn't be listening to the podcast, right? So if you're listening to the podcast and you're coming to the Facebook group and you're telling me, Kathy, I really want to be an artist. Kathy, I really want to write a book. Kathy, I really want to start a food blog. Kathy, I really, whatever it is. We've got to start finding the time for you guys to do that. And let me tell you something else that's exciting. So today is September 4th, okay? It's Labor Day weekend, it's September 4th. What is interesting about September 4th? People, people aren't necessarily saying, oh my God, is it September 4th yet? Okay, if it's Labor Day weekend, maybe people are talking about, oh, what are you doing for Labor Day? But September 4th is not a date that people say like, you know, in and of itself is a day, it's a day to, it's a day to look at and really ponder. But the day people do talk about is January 1st, right? So on January 1st, everyone gets really conscious of what their intentions are for the year, and they start to make lists, and they start to talk about diets, and they start to talk about goals, and that's all really fine and good until January 15th rolls around, and no one's doing any of that anymore because everybody forgot. So I want to talk about that. That's what this whole episode is about. It's about energy and it's ultimately it's about productivity and energy is one of the things we need to look at in order to be more productive. What else do we need to talk about? What else is important to me about September 4th? Well, this is the first show we're doing of September. And what if, just what if, instead of waiting till January 1st to start to get really focused and really clear and starting to set goals and starting to take steps, what if you crushed it? You totally like double down and triple down on all of September. And then in October, you have 31 days. You have 30 days in November and you have 31 days in December. So think about where you could put yourself January 1st. If over the next four months, you were hustling, you were showing up, you were carving out time to be more productive, what would you be able to do with that boost of energy you're gonna get in the new year if you already prepped? One of the reasons I love watching these like cooking shows is because they go to the counter and they're like, okay, today we're gonna make a pineapple upside down cake. And then there on the countertop, just magically is like, you know, two tablespoons of vanilla and three cups of flour. And it's all prepped. It's all pre-proportioned and like sitting there ready for them. Why is that helpful? Because they prep, right? They prep everything. And if you go into a bakery or you go into a kitchen of any kind, the f there's all this food prep that goes on. So what if we prepped for things instead of like waiting for this moment when somebody like rings the bell and then we expect that we're gonna get all these results. We have to be doing this and chipping away at this and taking a step every single day. But I'm just using January 1st as a marker because that is a time when everybody gets this like little boost of energy. But think about how much you could accomplish and start to do so that when January 1st rolls around, 
you can really move and push and you can have the most spectacular 2018. You can have the best year ever because you decided in September when everybody else is asleep and barbecuing and you know drinking a beer, when everyone else is already planning what they're gonna wear for Thanksgiving and who's coming over and where they're going skiing in, in Christmas break, you can be taking the next four months and saying, how am I gonna get more energy in my day? What responsibility can I take for how I feel, what things can I start to do, whether it's physically, emotionally, that I can really get more access to the things that fuel me, the things that make me excited, and I can start to take some action, and I can start to get results. So come January 1st, I already have a bunch of content created. I already made 14 pieces of jewelry. I already designed um, you know, three pieces of content. I already uh, sent out emails to several people, and I already had two meetings, so I'm really ready for January 1st because I've already started and I didn't just start. By starting, you're gonna learn so much. And those of you who've already started, continuing, continuing on, but really double down, crush it, truly show up. There is so much that you can do. So I am really um, a fan of accountability, right? And all the research shows that if you wanna be productive, you have to be accountable. Now this is really helpful research because you're 10 times more likely to get something done if you told somebody else, if you told somebody else. And you're probably 20 times more likely if you tell a group of people. Let me give you an example. There are times when you say to yourself, all right, so you know, by the end of the day, I wanna have emailed that person. Or by the end of Friday, I wanna have uh, you know, this first chapter written. You know, everybody tells themselves these goals you know, and sets these intentions all the time. And lo and behold, the week rolls around and it just didn't get done, right? It just didn't get done. But have you ever been in a meeting where somebody turns to someone else and there's a group of people sitting around and somebody says, you know, yeah, I need to get this report done. And somebody says, oh yeah, absolutely. Can you finish that by Friday? And the person says, no problem. I'll have it done by Friday. Does that report get written? Of course it does because this person just set it in a group of other people. Sometimes social pressure can be positive, right? And we're talking about it in a really positive sense. So I want you guys to help yourselves to get results. And part of it is you can't let yourself off the hook. So you have to help yourself. I mean, for me, I remember, you know, when I've taken Pilates in the past and I definitely need to go back because it just feels so good. It's so helpful to like your physiology. Anyway, I remember that I was paying for this awesome girl to be my Pilates teacher, not because after a certain point I could have just done, you know, like group classes, but I needed that accountability of somebody standing there so that not only is she standing there, but then I can't miss a class because she's waiting for me because I'm the only person that she's going to talk to during that hour. So she'll be texting me at 9.01 if we have a 9 a.m. appointment and I'm not there. So accountability is very helpful. And one thing that I'll, I'll invite you guys to do is to come on over to the Don't Keep Your Day Job Facebook group and Use this, use this as a platform to state what your goals are, to state your intentions, and we as a collective can support one another and you guys can get stuff done. And this, I don't know if you've been to the Don't Keep Your Day Job Facebook group, but it's a really supportive, loving, positive, 
delightful place where there's lots of like-minded people and everyone's sharing what they're up to and people are giving other people suggestions. And I just think it's lovely. And I'm so proud to be a part of it. So thank you guys for helping me create it. Um, But come on over. And another thing that I'll send out there is why don't you guys post today if you're interested. In addition to to the posting in the group and and having the group be there and having the group be there to keep you accountable, you you can post on the group today and say, hey, I listened to the podcast on September 4th and today's episode um, or yesterday's episode, whenever it is. And you can say, Kathy talked about an accountability buddy. And so I'm looking for an accountability buddy. So my husband says, say that four times fast, accountability buddy, accountability buddy. And you can say, I'm looking for an accountability buddy, like Kathy said, and is there somebody here who wants to team up? And what you guys can do is decide if you're going to talk once a week, if you're going to talk once every two weeks, if you're going to talk over Skype, or you're going to just do some Facebook IMing, whatever it is, you can set this up between yourselves and figure out what works best for you. But this would be a person who just going to help you keep yourself accountable. I remember for myself, I love co-writing. You know, when I'm writing songs, I love to write with someone partially because, you know, the whole is always greater than the sum of the parts. And I feel like having a collaborator, which by the way, is never a bad thing. And I think there's more to talk about there. I think we should spend a whole episode talking about self-awareness so that instead of spinning your wheels, you're figuring out what are the things that you, you should be focusing on? Where do your strengths really lie? And what are the things that it's not really in the cards for you to improve upon, but what is helpful is for you to team up with someone who can just fly through that other piece while you can really improve on what you're meant to be doing. So that's another piece. And that's why I love co-writing, part of why. The other part of why is just because it keeps me accountable. If I tell somebody, quite simply, I'm going to meet you at uh, Fryman Canyon up at the top of the hill, and I'm going to bring my ukulele, and we're going to write from 12 noon to 4 p.m., I'm going to be there because somebody is going to be waiting for me in the sun and that's not very nice, right? So I'm going to show up. So co-writing, there's a lot of value to it, many benefits. You can come to the Don't Keep Your Day Job Facebook group and say, hey, I'm looking for an accountability buddy. Here's what I'm working on. And it doesn't matter. You guys could be in totally different industries. It doesn't matter. This is another person who is there to support you and you can support one another and just, you know, ask each other, what are your goals? What are your long-term goals? Let's, let's break them into pieces. Let's break the goals into pieces. Let's take some notes and help each other just ask the right questions so we can really start to reverse engineer what are the steps that we should be taking. And then you can sort of prioritize things. I feel like when we were talking about energy before, quite often what people do is, first of all, they're not they don't have any awareness of their energy. So they're not really even noticing if they're expending too much energy, you know, having a fight with somebody in traffic, and then they're wondering why, you know, they're feeling like they're completely drained by the time they get to work. We're not really aware of our energy. But one of the other problems is we don't prioritize which things we should take care of first. When you have energy, and again, this could be different for everyone because certain people, if you really check in with yourself, certain people get a boost of energy in the evening. Like, Come 10 o'clock at night, they are like ready. And I have a friend like that. He's amazing. He does like 16 different things and he has all of this energy. And when the night comes, like he can focus and he creates incredible things. Other people, they wake up. I I just talked to somebody the other day. She wakes up at 4.30 in the morning with a big smile on her face. Morning is for her. She wakes up at 4.30 in the morning. She loves the way it feels. Nobody's outside. The air is like crisp. And she goes for a run. And she and I'm like thinking, oh my God, you go for a run when it's dark at 4.30. And she's like, oh, I love it. It's like just me and the world by myself. And I get so charged. And she listens to a playlist. And then she meditates. And then she like 
kills it. She like crushes it for the next like three hours. And then, you know, at, at by 8.30, she's done. She's done. But she has her most productive time then. So I want you to get an accountability buddy and I want you to figure out what are your short-term goals? What are your long-term goals? And how do you break even the short-term goal into pieces? And then here's the challenging part. Look at that list and say to yourself, okay, what is, what's the order priority here? And as much as it scares you and as uncomfortable as it might be, you might need to put part of that on the top of the list. There might be certain things that have to go first because you might need to do them when you have the most energy. If there's something that needs your attention and it's going to be a little bit uncomfortable or scary, that probably should happen when you have the most energy. So you set yourself up to win, okay? And I wanna also talk about being uncomfortable. We live in a society where everybody wants to have fun, everybody wants to be comfortable, everybody's so uncomfortable being uncomfortable that you think there's something wrong with you or you're looking for what medication to take. Now, now let me just say this. There are times in my life where I think, Uh, medication is the right thing. You know, you have to know yourself. I have had three babies with two of them. I had major postpartum depression and I'm so grateful for, you know, medication because there are times when it just needs to be said, like you are, you know, you're completely flooded and overwhelmed and it is such a responsible thing to do to take medication. But what I'm, what I'm referring to right now is how cavalier people can be because in general, there's so many people that are medicating themselves and it doesn't have to just be with pills. It could be, you know, by, you know, tuning out. I mean, how often are we feeling anxiety in our bodies? And so we don't want to tolerate that feeling or feel it. So we check our phone or we turn the music on louder or we eat, whatever it is. Everybody has their different thing. The point is we have to learn how important it is to tolerate being uncomfortable and how being uncomfortable is actually healthy. Because if you're uncomfortable, you're, Luria said this last week on the show. I thought it was such a great way to say it. She's like, if you're scared, that's a good sign. That means your heart is in this. That's great. And what's even cooler is that means you're growing, right? It's like this entire world, when you really, when you zoom out, I think that we're souls, you know, that we come down and it's like soul school, you know? And it's like, yes, I think that I'm a songwriter or this person thinks that she's, and and you are, like you absolutely are. But really all of it is just a mechanism for us to grow and to become a better version of ourselves. And so through our relationships and through our work, we're constantly sculpting ourselves into the best versions of who we are. And I think that that's just the way that it is. And so when you're growing and you're nervous, that's good. It's like, if you're not growing, if if you go three months without doing something that scares you, that's really dangerous because what happens to a muscle if you don't use it? It goes away right? And, and what happens? What happens to your sense of self and what happens to your excitement? And one of the things that I was reading about energy, and by the way, you can Google this. There's so many studies from Harvard Business Journal, and there's been articles published in the New York Times, and there's so many people talking about productivity and the link to energy versus hours. And the more I was reading about it, it was in so many different places. I couldn't even quote one person, but so many people were saying there's such a link to a sense of purpose. And when you feel purposeful, that also gives you tons of energy. So does gratitude. There's studies that show that when you're grateful, that boosts your energy level. So let's recap some of the things that we talked about. We talked about 
taking breaks every 90 minutes. Sometimes it might just have to be just stretching because you don't have, you literally don't have the time somebody's coming in. Sometimes maybe you can, you know, stretch it out to five minutes and you can go take, get a drink. Sometimes maybe you can take a 15 minute walk. I, you know, I remember Steve Jobs saying um, in some of his talks that he would take a walk and he would allow his brain to take a break so that new ideas can come in, right? It's like, if, you're, if your hands are full and you're holding a bunch of things, you, you can't put anything else in there, right? So if you're overloading your hard drive, how are you going to then expect to be inspired and have some creative idea come in? It's like when you hug somebody, the hug is like you make space, you know, you open your arms and there's like that space so that other person can come in, right? So we need to open our mind. We need to make space. And if we're constantly multitasking, we're actually not allowing for there to be creativity. So taking a break and thinking about negative emotions that we carry around, I think this is really helpful, even though it might stir up some uncomfortable feelings. I think for the long haul, it's better to take a look at it and see if there's ways for you to try to get some space around that and let it go a little bit and take the edge off of it because unexpressed anger it really is sitting inside and um, it is very draining. And so that is something to think about. And then also thinking about what fuels you? What time of the day do you get excited? So thinking about that and also your enthusiasm for things. And I'm not surprised as I was reading through this you know, research in different places and I've been thinking about this and reading about this stuff for years. But when I came across it, and I don't remember where it was the first time, but you guys can look into this. But when I came across it first and people were talking about how, you know, enthusiasm is linked to energy, I was thinking, well, that's funny because my mom always says, you know, I don't, in her New York accent, I don't know. I mean, if I'm being honest, I think the thing that helps you be successful is you're so enthusiastic. You just, you're so enthusiastic. And then that enthusiasm, that positivity, that I think that that's what it is. And I used to think, mom, what do you mean? What about like the fact that I'm, am I smart? Have I figured out how to strategize? Do I create good music or do I create a good podcast? And she's like, it's your enthusiasm. And you know, she's right. She's absolutely right. It is enthusiasm. That, that, that goes a long way because when you're excited and you're passionate, God, there's almost nothing that you can't do because you have, you have energy for days at that point. Like I could sleep very little. And by the way, I found out that's actually not great. You know, you should be sleeping at least six hours. Um, and if you get more sleep, that is really helpful. Even if you can't sleep during the nights because you have a baby like me, um, power naps, turns out power naps are really helpful too. But I find that when you have enthusiasm, when you feel a sense of purpose, um, you are going to be able to have more energy. So these are some things to think about and having accountability. So come on over to the Don't Keep Your Day Job Facebook group and get an accountability buddy. And at the very least, if you don't feel ready to do that right now, and I get it because if you want to have an accountability buddy at that point, you want to feel like you have something to talk about or you have some goals figured out, you might not feel like you're there right now, but maybe that's a goal. You can start that in October. In any case, for now, come on over to the Don't Keep Your Day Job Facebook group and post what it is that you're working on or some goals that you have and let us check in with you, you know, say, I hope that one of you in this group will check in with me next Friday to see if I finish that particular goal. And then it's also about prioritizing when in the day should you do that? Because we want to figure out when do we have the most energy and what are the more scary things? Because we need to do those things first. Okay. This show is brought to you by ShipStation. When you're selling online, getting your orders out the door quickly can be tough. That's why you need ShipStation. It's the fast and easy way to manage and ship your orders and keep customers happy all from one place. 
I strongly recommend ShipStation because often I'm talking to people who have Etsy shops or small businesses, and one of the reasons it's hard to really scale that up is because when it comes time to actually fulfill these orders, the shipping can be really time consuming and stressful. Um, so I think that ShipStation makes this really easy and I think you guys should try it. Whether you're using Shopify, Squarespace, Etsy, or over 75 other popular selling channels, ShipStation brings all your orders into one simple interface, making them really easy to manage from any device, even your cell phone. You can even create shipping labels for all the top carriers, including UPS, FedEx, and US Postal Service. You'll ship more in less time with the best rates available. No wonder it's the number one choice of online sellers. Right now, try ShipStation free for 30 days and get an additional month free only if you use my promo code DREAMJOB. Go to ShipStation.com and before you do anything else, click on the microphone at the top of the homepage and type in DREAMJOB. That's ShipStation.com and enter DREAMJOB. ShipStation, make ship happen. Thanks to Work in Progress for supporting our podcast. Work in Progress is a new podcast about the meaning and identity we find in work. It's hosted by Dan Meissner, produced by Slack. Each episode has stories of rising ambitions and debilitating insecurities, great successes and abject failures, the plans we make and the luck that happens. They feature great stories about a concert pianist who loses the use of his right hand, an entrepreneur trying to escape the limitations of her own country, and inspiring journeys of other creatives, freelancers, and individuals with all kinds of backgrounds. Follow along on Twitter at Slack Stories and find more great stories at slack.com slash podcast. That's slack.com slash podcast or at Slack Stories on Twitter. Okay, this show is also brought to you by Society6. Society6 is a community to help you explore and discover your favorite one-of-a-kind must-have essentials. Over 250,000 artists have uploaded original designs on 40 different products across home decor, art, apparel, and accessory categories. They bring style and flair to your everyday items with a wide range of differently designed products, art prints, phone cases, makeup pouches, throw pillows, blankets, and more. Four million unique designs have been uploaded to date, so you're bound to find something that matches your personal style. They're offering my listeners 20% off plus free shipping by going to society6.com slash dreamjob and entering my code dreamjob at checkout. So I love Society6. I go to Society6 website and I'm like overwhelmed by all the cool things that they have. So much fun. You guys can get really cute mugs. You can get tank tops. You can get um, iPhone cases and everything is supporting these artists. And I just think that that's so cool. And if you are an artist, I would encourage you to go to Society6 and upload some designs and, and you can um, try it out by buying some stuff. You can use the promo code and just get a sense of the quality of it. And if you are somebody who is making different things, then try it and see if you like it. And I think you'll be pleasantly surprised. Products aren't made until they're purchased, making every piece extremely unique. And with every purchase made, an artist is paid. It's a great way to support our fellow artists. So for the love of art, go to society6.com slash dreamjob and enter my code dreamjob at checkout to receive 20% off your order plus free shipping. That's society6, S-O-C-I-E-T-Y and the number 6.com slash dreamjob and enter my code dreamjob at checkout for 20% off your order plus free shipping. Amplify your lifestyle with the perfect artwork. Don't wait discover. Remember guys, one of the best things you can do for our show is to support our sponsors. In fact, somebody was so sweet on Facebook and asked recently on the Facebook group, Hey Kath, can you post all of the sponsors and the codes? Because I want to support you. And sometimes I forget what they all are. Um, come to the Facebook group. Um, and I'm going to, uh, remind you guys, if you forget of any of the other stuff that's available, cause there are some great offers and by supporting our sponsors and taking advantage of these offers, you are supporting our show. So it's win-win. We love you guys. All right, cool. So some of you have been following me on Instagram. I want you all to come on over there. You can follow me at Kathy.Heller, Kathy with a C. 
And some of you have been asking me questions and I've been responding to you and I love seeing you there. So come follow me. I'm going to answer a couple of your questions now, but before I do, I just want to say, I'm going to be on Facebook doing Facebook live so that we can connect more and have more of a conversation. So come and join me on Facebook this week. It's going to be at 1130 Pacific standard time on Friday, September 8th. That's 11.30 Pacific Standard Time on Friday, September 8th. In general, I'll be doing them on Thursdays at 11 a.m., but this week, I already booked a podcast interview with someone on Thursday. So come on and join me Friday at 11.30 a.m. Pacific Standard Time uh, for a Facebook Live. That's a great time for you guys to ask me questions or to talk to me about your ideas, and I can just brainstorm with you. We just had a girl on the Facebook page. Um, she was saying that she's an artist, and she her name is Casey Latham, and her artwork is gorgeous. She posted a photo of one of her her paintings, and it is stunning. And she said, oh, I just wish that, you know, just like people have Tupperware sales and, and all that kind of stuff where they do these parties, she's like, I wish somebody would help me sell my art. So I started to chat with her on the Don't Keep Your Day Job Facebook group, and I said, well, have you ever thought about taking your art and offering it to a restaurant, like a hip, cool restaurant, because they have an audience, right? People come in there, and if you think that the restaurant is cool, maybe they could, um, they have wall space, and it enhances their restaurant, and it also gives you some eyes, and just next to the painting, it could say on the wall your name. Did you ever think of um, you know, offering that same thing to hotels? And then I went on to Facebook Live, and I started to riff with her and suggest things to her, and I said, did you ever think of doing some live video streaming and showing people your process when you're creating those you know, paintings and what brushes you're using and what really helped you, you know, feel inspired to create that particular painting because people love that stuff. And the other thing I said to her was, did you ever think about blogging about your inspiration behind it or showing a video blog of your process? Um, I said, think of it not as a commercial, but rather to inspire others by seeing you get things done. And it also helps people see the process of painting, which is inspiring to visual artists as well as to people who can't paint. So I just started like brainstorming with her. So these are the things I want to get to do with you on Facebook Live on Thursday. Thursdays. I want to give you guys some feedback. I want to hear what you're working on. I want to help you have some suggestions or, or just be an objective voice to continue and also keep you accountable. So join me on Facebook Live. Okay, now I'm going to answer some of your questions. And um, if you guys want me to answer your questions next week, so come to Instagram, come to the Facebook group, and you can post it and I will try to answer questions every single episode. Okay, so Len, the handle is Len1010. The question is gaining followers and increasing engagement without it feeling false. My account here is the one I'm talking about where I draw and post consistently every weekday. Also, thank you, you're amazing. Well, you're also amazing and thank you guys because you make me feel like I'm 20 feet tall. So thank you guys. Um, what I can say just from you know, the knowledge that I have is you've got to post consistently. I heard somebody say the magic number is like at least three times a day. And the other thing is, what else are you doing besides posting stuff? You know, like how else can you engage people? Um, one of the reasons I love a Facebook group, not just a Facebook page, but a Facebook group is because it allows people to see each other's posts more easily. And then it allows for more engagement, more conversation. And I feel like no matter what I would be doing, whether I was writing music or making soap or opening a pie shop, I just feel like I would find a way to talk to people and I guess really just 
take that off the page. And instead of it just being passive and just putting up photos, what else can we do? Like, can we create a Facebook group and can we talk about your process and can you take people behind the scenes? So you're posting consistently and that's great. You're saying you're, you're posting something you draw every weekday. Okay. Well, what else can you post about you? Cause, cause the thing is like, at the end of the day, right, the thing is you're super special and I think people want to know you. I think that we are obsessed with reality, right? And I don't think reality shows are only popular because they're totally sensationalized and pretty gross, but sometimes just fun to watch. I admit I've enjoyed a few episodes of The Bachelor in my lifetime, but I think it's more than that. I think people are really amazed at just like, getting to know other human beings. How many times in your life have you heard people say they could just sit and people watch, you know, for hours? It's just part of human nature. And so show people other things, like not just your drawings, but other things that are in line with what you what you think about, what you dream about, what you like to eat. I mean, I have comedians that I like to follow and I would love when they, and I do love when they come on Facebook Live and they're just like going into Starbucks and just like talking to me about their day. I want to get to know them. So I would encourage you to um, talk about yourself, make it personal, you know, bring us inside. You know, um, Luria Petrucci, who was here last week, she was telling me there's two different kinds of posting that people can do, especially with live video. One is live stream, right? People do these, they call it a Facebook Live. And then she said, and a life stream, meaning you could do a live stream where you're talking about whatever relates to your business, right? Where you're taking people behind the scenes or you're giving them more information about drawing or something that you found interesting that somebody else drew, but that's still all sort of related to um, the, the work. And then she said, there's also like life streaming. And she, in her in her mind, she was telling me that one good strategy is, you know, you should be doing both of those throughout the week. Like, so she's grown her following quite a bit. But she says that over the course of, you know, several years, like she took people behind the scenes when she went paddle boating. And yeah, she was also doing these like tech reviews. That was her main thing. But then she also took people behind the scenes when she was getting divorced. And God, does that connect? I mean, at the end of the day, we're not decimal points and zeros, you know, inside there's a human being and we connect. We connect when things are genuine. We connect when things are real. So I would think about that a little bit. Um, no Trace Shop said, love your podcast, Kathy. Thanks for all you do. My cue, how do you prioritize where to focus limited time in a growing side hustle? I've got a job, a family, and my passion, my project, my side hustle. I try to do a little bit every day, but I'm not sure what's most important. Thanks. Well, I don't know exactly what to answer because I don't know what it is. So I'd like you to come to the Facebook Live on Thursday and tell me more about it um, at 11 a.m. Pacific Standard Time. And if you can't be there, then just post about it on the Facebook group so I can find out more. But in general, I do feel like there's a difference between working hard and working smart. And I feel like so often people are so frustrated because they're telling me how hard they're working. But here's the deal. If you're telling me that you're working hard and you've been working hard for seven years and you don't have results, results don't lie. So maybe what you're focusing your quote unquote hard work on, and I'm not saying it's not hard work. The reason I said quote unquote is because for some people they're saying they're working hard when really in their head, they're thinking about what they want to do, but they're not doing that much. But if you are doing a lot and you're consistently doing stuff every single day, then that's, first of all, awesome, good for you. But we have to do more than that, right? We have to do stuff and then we have to 
assess what's working. And we have to be honest with ourselves, right? We have to be honest with ourselves and know our strengths and ask ourselves questions like, what is it that we really should be focused on? And what are the things that we should have a teammate you know, what, what is something that we could have somebody else be working on so we can really focus and double down and triple down and 6x down on what it is that we really are here to do? So yes, I'd love to know, you know, specifically what is your project so I could maybe weigh in on what I think is most important. But at the end of every day, one of the most important things to do is to be creating whatever the content is. If you're you're making jewelry, you should be making the jewelry. If you're songwriting, you should be writing songs. I love how people say like, I'm a songwriter. It's like, how many songs have you written in the last year? I haven't written any, but I'm a songwriter. Well, if you're a songwriter, songwrite, write those songs, you know? So writing music, creating what it is that you create, that is so, so important. And then in addition, it's like, I feel like it should be this constant flow of, creating and sending that material out, getting feedback. And then while you're getting feedback, you're not waiting for the feedback, but you're continuing to create. And then when the feedback comes back, you uh, sort of fold that in to your next version of whatever it is that you're making. And so it's this constant sort of journey of you're writing a few chapters, you send those out to a lit agent, you continue to write, you send more chapters out, you continue to write, you send more chapters out, somebody finally responds, they give you some feedback, you look at what you've written, you fold that in, you send them back new chapters, you don't wait for them to respond, you send it to other people, then you send it to the same person again a month later, then they respond again, they give you some feedback, and then you fold that into what it is you're doing. I feel like so often people, they're not continuing that process. They're not continuing to create, 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 and reach out and send it out to try to get that feedback. Because part of what you're trying to do is you're trying to hone your craft. And the best way to do that is to be working on it. And then also while you're doing, 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 which there's no way around it, you've got to be getting some feedback as well as knowing yourself and starting to look at a pattern after several things have been completed and saying, wait a minute, not only have I gotten this feedback, which was so helpful, it was so, you know, somebody else's objective opinion, but I myself saw a pattern that like, you know, I'm getting better and better at this one component, but this other component either needs more of my attention or I should team up with someone for that other component. But I feel like what happens is, people get so overwhelmed that they just stop. They don't really do much or they're just really slowly working on stuff. But but I think the part that's missing is, you know, you can be downstairs creating and creating and creating, but if you yourself don't stop and assess and try to evaluate and be honest with yourself about what's working and what's not, or if you don't send it out and get feedback from someone else, you could be working on it and working on it and working on it. And you could be just three degrees off, but it's just not gonna go anywhere. Have you ever seen a golf ball? So what's the difference between a swing that, you know, gets a hole in one and what's the difference between something that's just, you know, a disaster? It's it could be like a two millimeter difference in the way that that, you know, club hits the ball. So we have to be able to stay in it enough so that we have data and then really honestly look at it. But one of the best ways, I mean, everybody on the show has talked about that in their process, whether they were creating makeup or cupcakes or paintings or clothing, they were creating and then they were sending it out, setting up meetings, getting feedback. And that, that's the sign of someone who's truly successful. I've, I've heard so often, you know, like directors will say like, they love the actor who takes the note, like take the note, you know, like because directors give notes, that's what they give to their actors. But it's like, if you're able to do great work and keep, keep 
keep on doing it and then reaching out. And that creates so much momentum because you never know when something you're doing is then going to be received well by somebody else. And then that's going to take you, you know, a certain amount of the way there. And then someone else is going to give you feedback. And then that's going to help you get even closer about sort of continuing to, to sculpt it and shape it into what it is. So I hope that was helpful. Um, now on the Facebook group, I also posted, um, what questions do you have for me? Debbie says, thanks for starting this community on Facebook. My question is about networking. It seems to be a big part of getting your business off the ground, but what are some practical ways to do it when you're just starting out and for people, introverts that might not be so comfortable with putting themselves out there, myself included. Look, great question. Important question. I would say even extroverts are uncomfortable putting themselves out there. Like nobody is really comfortable, you know, putting themselves out there in that way. You know, even an extrovert, yes, okay, this person might be more of a natural talker, but anytime you have this idea that somebody else might be able to, you know, offer value to your work, to your craft, and you're reaching out to this person or walking over to them at a a cocktail party, it feels a little uncomfortable. And so I think part of it is that we have to, we have to be willing to tolerate the fact that that's uncomfortable. It's, it isn't comfortable for anyone, but part of the thing that I think makes it much, much more comfortable is when we're looking for how we can offer value to someone else rather than what can they do for me. When I'm focused on how can I help and what could I possibly offer, what resource you know, could I offer to this person, it just makes me feel a lot more comfortable than, you know, looking at somebody and, you know, asking them questions. And it's all sort of with this agenda of how can you help me like that, that really does feel uncomfortable. And I don't know anyone who that would feel comfortable, you know, because that's just not how relationships usually work. So thinking about what you can offer and how you can help and God, does that help networking? I mean, if you wanted to be a photographer and you start offering to be an assistant for somebody else, or you are a person who makes hand-lettered goods, and if I made hand-lettered items and I had an Etsy shop and I, I wrote quotes and I made mugs, I'm just making this up, I would reach out to anyone with a podcast and start listening to the ones I liked and the ones I felt passionate about, and I would create mugs and t-shirts with hand-lettered, like a few, and I would email over a PDF of, of you know a few different ones, and I would say like, hey, you know, do you think that this is cool? And one of our listeners, um, Leslie Jacks, actually, she's awesome. She posted in the Facebook community recently. She's living in Houston. And thank you guys so much. Those of you who are on the community, everybody rallied around her and gave her so much love and support. And I was like, gosh, this community is amazing. Anyway, so she did that with me. She was listening to the podcast and she makes that kind of stuff. And she sent that to me. And I think that that's so smart. Like how can networking be about who are the people in the world who, okay, so this person might have, might have it all going on and they might be, you know, 16 rungs ahead of you in terms of like how big their Instagram following is or what their business looks like. But what skill do you have that they might not? And how can you create something for them of value and open the door that way? So I think networking from that place makes a lot of sense. And then the other thing I would say about networking is remember that it's human to human. It's not this algorithm. It's not like the computer sucks in your email and, you know, sort of grades it on your resume and it has like a point system, you know, that that actually exists. My husband told me this once, like when you apply to college, like at UCLA, for instance, everybody becomes like a dot 
And what they basically do is they give everybody points for one point for an essay, they rate that a certain way, one point for um, their GPA. But then what happens is that people become like dots and then they pick the dots that sort of are on the graph at the place where they wanna like cut and say, okay, all these people get in, all these people don't. They make them like dots on a graph. That's not how it is when you're networking with somebody. So when somebody emails me who I've never even heard of before, if the email is personable and interesting and creative and sweet, I always am like intrigued, right? So somebody just posted in one of my, I'm doing a 21 day songwriting challenge for songwriters. And don't, don't you guys worry, I'm gonna be doing some, some challenges um, for people in our Don't Keep Your Day Job uh, community. But I'm doing one right now for songwriters in particular. And I said, one of the assignments was to come up with, a, with an idea of how you're gonna send an email once you, you know, we've been working on the creative part of the music, but now we're halfway through. It's like, well, how are you gonna craft an email to even send this song along? And somebody posted an email today, which I actually thought was pretty good. But I said, one thing that's missing is this whole email is about music, right? So the person reading it, music is just part of their life. You know, they also have a dog or they're engaged or they, you know, are redoing their house. So music is just one part. And I feel like one thing that I always try to do is just be myself and have myself kind of come off the page. So when you're reading an email that I would send, I would hope that you'd get a sense of who I am as a human being, not just like, here's my song, right? So when I was sending emails back in the day with my music to Fox and NBC and different ad agencies, let me give you a random example of one of the emails that I sent at one point. It would be something like this. Let me just make it. Dear Heather, my name is Kathy. I'm a mom of two little, I have three now, but I'm just making up. Maybe I said this a few years ago. I'm a mom of two little girls. When I'm not braiding hair and watching Frozen, I write music. Um, I'm reaching out to you because I love um, that on your Twitter, you talked about red licorice and you also work on one of my favorite shows. And so thanks to you, I found this new favorite brand of licorice that I love and these three artists who I didn't really know until you put them on this show. Here's a link to one of my songs. Hope that you love the music. If you listen and decide to get back to me, I will jump up and down. Thank you so much for your time. So that email was like 10% here's my song and 90% about things that are personal about her and things that are more personal about me. So it's colorful, right? Like things that pop off the page are mom of two kids, watching Frozen, braiding hair, um, red licorice, and uh, you know, the couple artists that, that I like and the fact that I know what show she actually works on, she could tell it's not a mass email. And then at the end, you know, it's like, and here's a link to my song. And then hopefully, here's the other really important thing, hopefully the song that I attach in that email is great, meaning I've done the work ahead of time. And so yes, the work also still has to be great. It can't just be that she you know, likes me, so she's gonna put my song on the show. But also what's really important is that I proactively thought about what song to send her. And I didn't just send her some like, you know, classical piano piece when she's working on a show um, on ABC primetime. I thought about it ahead of time and sent her a song that I really felt met her, you know, needs that solved her problem so that when she would read this cute email, maybe she would, you know, think it was personable and out of the box enough that she'd click on the song. And then hopefully when she clicks on it, she sees that I did my due diligence and I'm sending her something of value. And I have found that when I was 
you know, sending emails like this, nine times out of 10, at the very least, somebody would write back and say, oh yeah, I love red licorice. And oh, usually I would also sometimes send a picture of whatever, like, you know, of my kids or before I had kids, maybe I'd send a picture of like, who knows, like I just went on this vacation and I fell in love with the Red Rocks or whatever. And I would say like, you know, where's your favorite place to travel? Whatever was really going on in my life, I would share that. And people would usually respond because it's a breath of fresh air when every single email is just all about what's the work? Can you help me? Can I help you? What's the business? What's the deal? What's the deal? It's like, it's nice to be able to talk about licorice and traveling and houses. And, you know, when I got married, I was asking people like, I just got married. That would come up in an email to a stranger, you know, Hey, Heather, my name is Kathy. I just got married. Uh, If you have any advice for me, it never hurts. I can always use more of that. Um, I love what you're working on, blah, blah, blah. You know, it goes on and on and on. And people would write me back and say, oh yeah, marriage is so hard. You know, one thing I would say is, And it just starts a conversation. Like at the end of the day, I feel like we have to remember that networking is about creating relationships. And if we want to create relationships, then we have to be relationship oriented and think about how you make a friend the first night of sleepaway camp. You know, like how do you connect with someone when you're making a friend? And when you're sitting next to someone on a plane, like, you know, sometimes people tell each other their life stories. It's not because they're thinking about networking, but it's amazing how when there's understanding and connection, then things can grow. And then if the person really can help you and if your work is at a place where it's ready or if it's aligned with what they do, that'll just happen naturally. So I would think about relationship building. I would make sure that you lead with the human part of you. And then I would also make sure that whatever I was you know, sending along, you know, once it comes to the work part of it, that it really solves the other person's problem. And so I feel like in that way, it's kind of a breath of fresh air. And I used to think about it like, yeah, I'm reaching out to this person, um, cold emailing or cold calling or, you know, walking up to someone at at a conference. But if I really felt like I knew I was going to be genuine and lead with the more personable stuff and truly have something to say that I felt could help them solve their problem, then even though it was scary, it was less scary. So I hope that really helps. All right, guys, thank you so much for tuning into the podcast. I hope that you have a very productive day. I hope that you think about your energy. I hope you think about some of what we talked about and make some lists. What are the things that are giving you energy? What are the things that you can keep in mind that maybe you didn't notice, but now that we talked about it, what are things that you can intuitively feel are draining your energy? What are things that are super important for you to think about putting at the top of your list during the day? And can you get an accountability buddy? And will you... Have the courage to come on over to the Don't Keep Your Day Job Facebook group and post what it is that you're working on and let us keep you accountable. Tell us a goal that you have and a short-term goal for like a week from now or a few days from now and post it and then follow up with us in a few days and let us know that you um, achieved that goal. I want to give a shout out to Amy Porterfield and her awesome podcast for inspiring a lot of what I talked about today. Um, If you guys haven't checked out Amy's podcast, it's awesome. And Amy will be on soon as a guest. She's amazing. I look forward to talking to you guys 11.30 Pacific Standard Time on Friday, September 8th on Facebook Live and talking to you next week on Monday on the podcast. Oh, and as we close out the show, this is a song I wrote with Kyler England called Spread a Little Love. You'll hear me singing it. If you want to hear more of my songs, you can support me there and hear all my songs on iTunes and just search for my name, Kathy Heller. Hope that you guys like this song. I felt like it was really an important time to play it. And I'm sending all this love in this song and all of our hearts and minds. um, Maybe we can set the intention to spread that love to Houston right now. You guys are amazing and you're inspiring everyone around the world. 
especially in a time where the country was so divided. You guys have given everybody so much hope and we've seen so many incredible stories of people who have moved mountains and done so many things that are superhuman and we love you and you're in our thoughts and prayers. And here is Spread a Little Love dedicated to Houston with all our love. See you guys soon. Special thanks to our executive producer, Tim Street, and producer, Emma Kikuchi. The podcast is a production of Authentic. For more info on advertising in this show, visit AuthenticShows.com. Mm-hmm.